Hey church, uh, welcome back. What an honor uh, it is for me to bring God's word to you today. Uh, but before that, I want to thank my friend, Prophet Andre, uh, for encouraging us with that word. It's such a timely word uh, and we're so blessed uh, that he took the time uh, to, out of his busy schedule to, to really share his heart with us. And so Prophet Andre, we love you. You are family to us. Uh, in fact, you are the, uh, like, like you said the last time, you are the first international member of our church. Uh, and uh, so we, we absolutely love you, Zandia and the boys. Uh, we just send our love to you and we're just so blessed to have to, to have you in our life. Today I want to continue teaching on kingdom dynamics. The kingdom of God is a very dynamic kingdom. It's very diverse. And the kingdom of God, Jesus says, is always advancing. It is always progressing. And our revelation of the kingdom of God has to be progressive. So today I want to present a very progressive word on the subject of faith. Okay, Prophet Andre was, uh, was, was speaking on the gift of faith and how God has given us a gift of faith. And uh, the battle in this season is not for materialistic things, but it is for our faith. I want to continue teaching along those lines. And I want to present uh, uh, to you a, a, a message that will change your paradigm and what you've believed when it comes to faith. All right, so the title of my message today is Living by faith. You know, for us as, as Christians, we sometimes believe God for certain provisions. Uh, provisions like a job, you know, provisions for money, a car, uh, you know, approved loans, uh, a house, uh, you know, a business, uh, good health is one of them. We believe God that if we have a sickness in our body, that by faith we believe God will heal us. Uh, and we, 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 we say things that, you know, I don't have any money and God, please give, provide uh, your money according to your riches. And we have these, these, this communication to God and we sometimes call it faith. And we say that we have faith in God that God will provide them. But actually speaking... We pray and ask God to provide these things, these provisions, business, money, you know, uh, our everyday needs. We pray and we ask God for these things because we are actually worried that we don't have them. It's very important that you understand that. We are communicating to God not from a place of faith, but actually from a place of anxiety, from a place of worry, from a place of lack, from, a, from, uh, from this place where oh, I don't know what is going to happen about tomorrow. And we communicate, we go to God and we say, God, I have faith that you will provide for me. And you know, every Christian, uh, every person who believes in Jesus, every person who has received the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, every single person who is saved has received a gift of faith. And the gift of faith, you know, we use this gift of faith to believe God for material things. When these material things are naturally a byproduct of the manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. It's a when I say it's a natural byproduct of the kingdom of God, what I mean is that we have been communicating to God for something that we receive by grace. We've been exercising our faith, gift of faith, and striving for things that we need to actually receive by grace. The provision in our life, the businesses, the, the, the perfect health, all of these things are a natural byproduct of our faith in God. When the kingdom of God manifests on earth as it is in heaven, these are just a byproduct of the manifestation. We must understand that exercising the gift of faith for material things positions you to strive for something that God wants to give you by His grace. 
So you will achieve something because you have been given that gift. It's a grace gift. And when you begin to operate in, in that gift of faith, now you, you begin to see certain breakthroughs. You see you know, people getting healed, uh, but all of that. But you won't see the provision the way God wants to provide. We, we seldom settle for less provision because it's a, we need a momentary breakthrough rather than settling for abundance according to His will in our life. See, when we operate the gift of faith, the gift of faith is really not for our need. Yes, the gift of faith is for the kingdom expansion. And I want to show this to you today in the scripture. I'm, I'm telling you, this is a shift in our paradigm because churches, we, people have been teaching about faith for so long. If you need a miracle in your life, brother, you need to have faith that God will give you that miracle. The shift in the paradigm is different because I'm not exercising this free gift that I've received that God has given me for personal benefit for personal gain. But in fact, I'm exercising this gift because I want to expand the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. All the gifts, the anointings, everything, the grace that God has given you is primarily for his kingdom. So I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6 and we're going to read from verses 25 to 33. And verse 25 says this, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothing? Now, I want to I stop here for a second. I want to I teach you something. Jesus is saying, teaching his disciples now, and he's saying, therefore I say to you, do not worry. That, that word, worry, we know is the word to be anxious, right? But actually in the Greek, it's the word merim uh, now, okay? And what it means is don't be over anxious, or, uh, or another, another meaning for that word is uh, to care for something. So Jesus is saying right here, he's saying, listen, don't, don't care for your life. He's saying, don't, don't be over anxious about your life. Don't be over anxious about your food. Don't be over anxious about what you'll drink. Don't be over anxious about what you'll wear. Come on now, he's talking about the basic necessities of life. He's talking about life and the three basic necessities of life. What you'll eat, what you'll wear, and what you'll drink. Without these three, honestly speaking, I mean, we're in trouble. But Jesus is saying, don't be over anxious about it. Don't care for it so much. But there's another meaning which is absolutely awesome. And what it means is, merim now in Greek, what it means is, don't be distracted by life. Don't be distracted by going after what you will eat, what you will wear and what you will drink. Which means he's trying to say that these things are a distraction from what your focus needs to be. These things, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear is a distraction from your focus on the kingdom. The enemy will come to distract you so that you can use the gift of faith to get materialistic things. You must understand, don't be worried. That word worry is the word distraction. And the enemy comes and he, he positions you in a way that gets you to focus on 
well, man, what's, what am I going to wear tomorrow? Or oh, what am I going to eat tomorrow? <laughs> what am I going to drink tomorrow? These are, oh my God, what, 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 what's going to happen to my life tomorrow? F- five years from now, 10 years from now, what, what's going to happen to me? What am I going to do with my life? And he gets you to start focusing on these things so that you can exercise the gift of faith that God has given every single Christian to believe God for a breakthrough in these areas. Now, Christianity is okay with that. But to a believer, the focus for a believer is not self. The focus for a believer in Jesus Christ, the focus for a believer is the kingdom of God. So the enemy comes to get you to exercise the gift of faith to get temporary materialistic things that make you feel like you are exercising your gift and you are growing and maturing in faith but actually he's distracted you from kingdom expansion he's distracted you from the purpose that you have that God has for your life see the the purpose that each and every believer in Jesus Christ believer in his word is every born again believer the purpose for your life is the kingdom Your role is to expand the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. But the enemy will distract you and he will get you to use the gifts that God has given you so that you can have a momentary blessing, so that you can have a momentary breakthrough. You can have a momentary. Now, you might be praying for a job. You might be praying for a a job that has a good salary. And you might say, God, I'm using, and you use this gift of faith that God has given you and you'll exercise. You will manifest that breakthrough, but that breakthrough is limited to the economy of the world. Come on, man. I hope you're getting it. That breakthrough of a new job or salaries or businesses and all that kind of stuff is limited to the economy of the world. And if the economy crashes, people lose their jobs. and, And so people now, Christians now begin to start questioning God's sovereignty in their life. Christians now go say, hey, but God gave me this job. But God gave me this breakthrough. But God did this. No, no, ladies and gentlemen. The gift of faith in your life, you focused on manifesting or or exercising that gift and you manifested that breakthrough in your life. Please listen to me when I say this. Jesus did not say, Pray to me when you want to heal the sick. He said, you heal the sick. So which means the gift of faith in your life can exercise a virtue of healing and bring healing to a person. That is the gift of faith. So now when you understand what the role of the enemy is, He comes to distract you, to focus, to feel sorry for yourself, to feel worried about your future, to feel worried and and, and be anxious about tomorrow. What what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? Who who am I going to marry? What's going to happen? Oh my gosh, am I going to have children? Am I not going to have children? All of this stuff that the enemy distracts you to start praying. Ah, yeah, praying, let me pray, let me fast. I need, a, I need a, a breakthrough in my life, so I'm gonna fast and believe God for that breakthrough. I mean, I don't understand. Is God such a bad father that he needs you to fast and stop eating food so that you can manipulate him to giving a breakthrough in your life? Does God really love you? Does God really know your needs? Of course he knows your needs, but sometimes, We exercise the gift of faith because worry and anxiety is leading us to exercise that gift of faith, not the will of God. And that's why I'm saying to you, today's word is a paradigm shift. It's a a huge paradigm shift because what Jesus is actually communicating to us and the life that we're actually living I believe is only 10% of what Jesus has actually told us to live. When you exercise the gift of faith for just basic necessities like this, that God is the one who's providing for you, then I really believe that you're striving for something that God is giving you for free. You are striving to get something that God 
wants to give you for free. You must understand the kingdom of God. These things that, that God wants to, that, that you need in your life is a natural byproduct of the manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm going to show you in a little bit how awesome this revelation is. You see, the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 says this, that God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. Where? In Christ Jesus. It's phenomenal. If you, if you read the scripture carefully, word by word, you'll really understand what God is trying to say. He's saying, he's saying listen, you're in the kingdom. Now to supply your needs is my responsibility. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to take care of your needs. Let me do it. And sometimes our desire for momentary blessing causes us to settle for something less than what God wants to give to us. God, God's desire is for you to be blessed according to His mindset over you. God's desire for you to be blessed is according to His revelation of riches, not yours. See, we might think, hey man, you know, I, I just want to have enough of money, uh, you know, that, that I can save up and I can have my own house and I have my own car and, and I, you know, I, have, I can travel around the world and, and you know, I want to have this uh, the picket fence life, you know, that everything is perfect and, you know, everything is good and I have no problems in my life. Well, let me tell you something. God wants to do it for you, but times 100. But you won't get that times 100 if you strive for it. I know you're celebrating somewhere deep down in your heart. I know you're celebrating this word. See, we're so used to, to striving. If I, need, if I need somebody to get healed, I'm going to exercise this faith. No, ladies and gentlemen. For, for a person to get healed is a natural byproduct of the kingdom manifesting. Why? Because there's no, there's no sickness in heaven. So if I manifest the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, every single person around me gets healed. I don't even have to pray for you. I don't even have to believe God. God, heal this person in Jesus' name. No. You being in the room and you manifesting the kingdom of God, all these things are a byproduct. Just imagine the great commission that Jesus gave to the disciples. What is, what is the great commission? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then he says, these signs will follow those who believe. Come on now. These signs will follow those who believe, which means it's a natural, come on now, I, I'm getting excited. This is, these miracle signs, wonders, the breakthroughs, the jobs, all of that is a natural byproduct of the manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. But the devil, the enemy, the law wants you to strive for something and settle for something meager that is so temporary that does not have eternity in mind, that does not have abundance in mind and he gets you to settle for less. And then we super excited send in our testimonies. No, these are miracle signs and wonders is natural for us. It's, it's not, we're not, wow, I, I'm, I worked so hard for this miracle. No, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus did all the work 2,000 years ago. The gift of faith, every gift that God has given you, whether it is singing, whether it is whatever gift, painting, our creativity, faith, you know, all of that, the, the power gifts, the knowledge gifts, the word gifts, all of those gifts have been given to you for the purpose of serving the kingdom. Let's read on. He says in verse 26, he says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Who feeds them? Heavenly father. Are you not of more value than they? Come on, man. This is powerful. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? This is amazing. Verse 28. 
So why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wow. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which, is, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you or you of little faith? Come on now. It's amazing. It's amazing. Therefore, do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we, shall we wear. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But, come on, come on. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Man, this is powerful. This is powerful. The reason why is because our paradigm is shifting right now. The paradigm from, from, hey, listen, if I need a breakthrough in my life, I'm going to fast and pray. If I need a breakthrough in my life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the gift of faith and I'm going to exercise the gift of faith and I'm going to get my breakthrough. When all Jesus is saying is that is a result of anxiety. That's a result of us praying and communicating to God based out of worry. Jesus says, I am the way to the Father. No one can go to the Father except through me. But sometimes, worry and anxiety leads us to God, leads us to pray. Sickness leads us to God to pray rather than Jesus. Come on now. We've got to, we've got to understand the, 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 the dynamic of the kingdom of God. This is very powerful. This is, I can see that it's, it is shaking the foundations of, of literally of what you've believed all your life. And this is good because it's a progressive word. And so Jesus now, he, he's pointing to the lilies of the field. He's pointing to the birds of the air. And he's, he's pointing to the, to the land, right, that, that is covered by grass. And he's saying, hey, listen, the birds of the air, they don't think about what they'll eat tomorrow but God, your heavenly Father, feeds them. Why? It's because they're doing what God created them to do. They're just birding around. They're doing what birds do. They sit on the trees, they go all the fly, they, they tweet all they do. Uh, they, they don't have Twitter accounts to tweet, but they, you know what I mean? They tweet and they make the noise and they fly around and they enjoy themselves and they are worshiping God. They are they're fulfilling their kingdom mandate the purpose for their existence, they're, even though it is short, they're still fulfilling it and God takes care of all of their needs. Man, I, I, there are billions of birds. There are more animals than people. But God takes care of every single bird. That's how amazing he is. So he, he, he's saying, hey, listen, the lilies of the field, man, they don't think about, oh, look, look, look at me. How am I dressed today? Am I looking good? Am I not looking good? They just swirl and they do whatever they do. The land that, 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 is, that is clothed by grass is not asking God, oh, God, what kind of grass would you put on me? Would it be golfing, putting grass? Or would it be grass for a soccer field? Or would it be grass for a rugby field? What kind of grass would you clothe me with, God? Because I, you know, I, I, am in this, I am in this city and I would like to be dressed according to the culture of this city. No, it, it doesn't do it. Why? <laughs> because the purpose of the land is to receive seed and produce a harvest. It's God's responsibility to cover the nakedness of the land. Come on, man. Oh. So we must understand if, if all of creation has a purpose in the will of God, in the kingdom of God, and they are full, they're focused on the kingdom. They're focused on doing what God has called them to do. He takes care of all of their needs. He takes care of all of their needs. This is amazing. So he's encouraging us and he's saying, just imagine God's heart for you. You are worried about your meal, your next meal tomorrow. He's saying, seek first the kingdom. 
He said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. What are these things? What you'll wear, what you'll drink and what you'll eat will be added unto you. See, when we focus on these things, we focus on getting this. I need to, I need to go and work and, and I need to pay the bills because I have a family and I need to feed them. And this is my responsibility. God is saying, listen, you, I gave you the family. I gave you the wife. I gave you the husband. I gave you the kids. I gave you that car. I will give you the job. When your focus is seeking the kingdom, that word seeking over there in Greek means to investigate. I want to investigate what is the king's dominion. I want to investigate what is God's will for my life today. What is God's will for my life tomorrow? I'm not worried about what I'll do tomorrow because God already has a plan and purpose for my life. So my responsibility being in the kingdom of God is to seek the king's will. And so where does faith come in all of this? Ladies and gentlemen, you need the gift of faith to obey the will of God. You don't need the gift of faith to manifest miracles. You need the gift of faith to obey the will of God. The miracles, when you obey the will of God, when you apply the gospel, when you, when you live the gospel and you're, and you're living the will of God in your life, guess what? He knows that you've put the kingdom of God first in your life. And when, he, when you put the kingdom of God first in your life, now he begins to add to you. Everything that you need. Why? Is because you've made the kingdom of God the number one priority in your life. When you make the kingdom a priority in your life, now he begins to add to you. What does he add to you? All things. If you need a car, guess what? You don't even need to ask him. He knows already that you need a car. Oh, come on, man. I'm telling you, this is a good word. He already knows how much money or how much money you don't have in your bank account. He knows exactly what are your bills by the end of the month. He knows exactly what is your rent. He knows exactly what you need. But see, the problem is that our mindset has been about, I need to provide, I need to work, I need a job to pay the bills, I need to do this. This, this is becoming a heavy burden on my life. Hello, if God did not want you to be on the planet, you'd be sitting in heaven right now. But the fact that you're here on the earth means that you, he has a plan and purpose for your life. There's a kingdom purpose for your life. Not just any plan and purpose. It's a kingdom purpose. And I, I want to encourage you to change the way you think. Renew your mind right now. Make it about the kingdom. Don't make it about yourself. Don't make it about, oh, I want to be a businessman. I want to be a rich businessman. I want to I do this and I want to do that. I want to be an evangelist. I want to have a ministry. Don't have personal will. Submit to the will of God. Submit to the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. When you seek first the kingdom of God, everything that you need would naturally come to you. Why? It's because in the perfect will of God is the provision of abundance for all of your needs. In the perfect will of God for your life, the kingdom of God, the provision for abundance in your life is already there. So when you, when you exercise the gift of faith to obey the will of God and seek his kingdom first, and you put his kingdom first, now within the will of God, when you manifest the kingdom of God on earth. You are manifesting abundance in your life. Abundance where all your needs will be met according to riches in Christ Jesus. See, God doesn't want to give you something that will fade away. God wants to sustain you eternally. And the way he does that is with abundance. Abundance is your portion. So when you seek to establish the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, then your needs which need to be met are met by God. They're manifested when the kingdom is manifested on the earth. 
It's very important because we think that our needs can be manifested outside of the kingdom. You must understand we are all in the kingdom of God. We're in the kingdom and our needs are met by the kingdom of God. It's met by God and it is, it, it is, it is in the provision of the perfect will of God for your life. When you receive the, the will of God, when you seek the kingdom of God, when you seek the king's dominion and his righteousness in your life, that's when... In the, in the king's dominion, in the, in the provision of his will for your life, is the provision for all your needs. All things are in the provision. All things are with abundance are within the will of God for your life. And so when you, have, when you exercise the gift of faith, to, to apply that word in your life, the will of God, the revelation word of God, that's when you begin to manifest all things in your life. But when you manifest all things in your life, these, these are materialistic things. When you manifest it in your life, God's desire for you to have abundance is greater than your desire for a meager breakthrough. And so I want you now to go to Hebrews chapter 3, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, because some of us might be might might have an old mindset that says but pastor hebrews 11 says you know faith is a substance of things hoped for jesus is talking about things now the writer of hebrews is also talking about things and he's talking about now faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen right so now we must understand that the things that the writer of Hebrews is talking about is different from the things that Jesus was talking about because the writer of Hebrews is not communicating from a place of anxiety he's not communicating to 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 the Hebrew people based on worry or being distracted he's actually talking about God has given you faith right which is a substance of things things the kingdom which is hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? So now, to understand this, we need to understand the pretext of what is happening here, okay? It says now faith, which means that there was something that happened in the previous chapter that connects this now faith is a substance, okay? And it is really in, um, in Hebrews chapter 10 and we'll read from verse 32. We'll read from verse 32. And the writer says this, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were being made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated Listen to this, verse 34. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. Hello. Please now understand what they're trying to say. What he's trying to say here. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom. Don't seek your own goods. Don't seek your own will for goods in your life. And now the, the, the writer of Hebrews is writing to Jewish people. These are Hebrew people, which means they had a lot of wealth. They, had, they were rich people. They had a lot of lands. They had a lot of things in their life. But when they received the, 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 the he says, when you were illuminated, what, what does that mean? It means that they received the message, the gospel, of the good news of the kingdom. When they received the gospel of the good news of the kingdom, their mind was illuminated. What was it illuminated? It was illuminated to the will of God for their life. It was illuminated to the king's dominion on earth as it is in heaven. Their mind was so illuminated that they did not even care for their earthly possessions. They did not even care for the earthly things, the materialistic things in their life. In fact, they, they joyfully allowed people to plunder their wealth. 
Wow, that's a whole other level of, of Christianity now. These people, you know when your mind is renewed, when the things of this world are not a priority in your life. Knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Wow. Let me read that again. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Wow, this is phenomenal. Because these people who got saved, these people who believed in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, they had things, the things that Jesus was talking about. They had it in abundance. And when their mind was renewed, they were like, ah, they just abandoned the things, the materialistic things of this world. And they, they forsook it and they followed after Jesus. They followed after the gospel. They followed after the will of God. They followed after the king's dominion on earth as it is in heaven. They gave up everything and they, they forsook everything and they lived their life completely surrendered to the perfect will of God, the kingdom of God on earth. And he's saying this, man, knowing they gave it up, knowing that they have a better possession, a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Now, I've taught this before. Now, when the kingdom of God is manifested on earth as it is in heaven, ladies and gentlemen, heaven is on the earth. Heaven is on the earth. When the kingdom is manifested, heaven is on the earth. These people gave up materialistic things because they had enduring, better and enduring things when heaven was manifested. Oh, come on. I will show this to you. You might think heaven, that this scripture is talking about heaven when you die and go to heaven. No, ladies and gentlemen, it's here on the earth. Because they gave up something because they know, they know fully well that they have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence which has a great reward. Now that word confidence is the word faith. That's where faith comes from. Okay, For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So there you go. After you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. But the question is, what is the promise? The promise is the kingdom of God. Your inheritance is not riches, but your inheritance is the kingdom of God. Riches is a byproduct of the kingdom of God manifesting. Oh man, I can, I can really, I'm so excited about this word. So for a lot of times, we're after riches and when the economy crashes, your riches are gone. But when you, when you invest in the kingdom of God, when you investigate the kingdom of God, when you make the king's dominion on earth as it is in heaven, a priority in your everyday life. Now he begins to add to you things that have an is better and it is enduring. That is the promise. The promise is, I want to give you something that will give you all things. I want to give you the realm of heaven that when you apply the word in your life and you see the realm of heaven manifesting in your life, now all things that you had given up are become better. Come on now. It doesn't fade away. Become better and it has the ability of long life. He's not just talking about, your, about just your body now. He's not talking about, oh, you were dead and now you're alive. Oh, I'm going to give you long life. No, he's giving long life to everything. Everything, which means if you had money and you decided now that money is not mine, it belongs to God. This money exists for kingdom purposes. And the minute you do that, now the kingdom, the king's will for that money 
takes place and when there is you need gift of faith to apply when God says hey do this with the money do that with the money sow it here give it to this person sow it into this ministry sow it into this church do this buy this give it to this person invest here do this do this. when you decide and you say God I have a million dollars in my bank account by faith I have it because I'm after the kingdom of God, right? So I have a million dollars in my bank account and because I have a million dollars in my bank account, I want to submit these, this million dollars to your will because this million dollars is yours. I want to submit this to you for your kingdom. That's when God says, okay, now since you've given me not just 10%, now since you've given me 100% of it, now I'm going to get you to use it. Not get you to store it. I'm going to get you to use it because you've given it to me now. You've surrendered it to me, to, the, to my will, to, for kingdom expansion. Now I'm going to say, okay, give it to this. Give it to this person. Now that person is in need. Give it to this church. Sow it into the, the, the place that you're, you're grounded in. Sow it into the place that you're planted in. Sow it into the house of the Lord. Now God begins to say, okay, because you give me a million dollars, now I'm going to give you so many dollars that you will never need ever again. That's the way the kingdom of God functions. If I'm praying for a million dollars, give God, give me a million dollars, give me a million dollars, give me a million dollars. You might get the million dollars, but it might take you a lifetime to get it. But something about now. The kingdom of God is here and now. I want to show this to you because Jesus came to usher the kingdom of God. He, his, his main message was the kingdom of God. It was a priority. And so when Jesus came to usher the kingdom of God, the way he did it, the, the, the vehicle, the vessel in which he did it was the gospel. So the gospel is the message of the kingdom of God. So the, so the kingdom of God is ushered in every time you preach the gospel. Every time you speak the good news about Jesus Christ, the savior of the world. He's come to rescue you. He's come to save you. He's, he wants to save you. Every time you speak that, now you're, you're releasing the, the realm of heaven in that area. Whoever submits to the will of God, whoever submits to the gospel of God, begins to experience heaven on earth. It's very simple, right? So you must understand that Jesus doing healings, Jesus doing miracle signs and wonders, Jesus uh, 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 casting out demons, Listen to me now, Jesus going on Calvary, Jesus dying, going into the ground, Jesus' resurrection were only a means to this end. What was the end? The kingdom of God. He, he, everything that he did was to support or validate the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So we sometimes make the crucifixion, we make Calvary, we make the blood of Jesus, we make uh, communion, we make uh, the resurrection more important than the kingdom of God. You must understand, the church is not greater than the kingdom of God. In fact, the church is a part of the kingdom. Calvary is a part of the kingdom. The, the healings, miracles, signs and wonders is all a byproduct of the kingdom. The kingdom is, is this superimposing do, do, dominion of the king on earth as it is in heaven. You must understand, this is phenomenal. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. And now it begins to explain it in, in verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made by things which are visible right so to explain this in simple english when god wanted to create on the earth he sp spoke things into existence he spoke things which were not visible so the things that are visible today manifested right from the invisible right so now we must understand the will of god made something that was invisible, visible. Till today, do we have skies above us? Yes. Till today, do we have seas? Yes. Animals? Yes. Trees? Yes. Grass? Yes. Fish in the sea? Yes. Everything, yeah, everything that God has created has not run out. Why? Because it was submitted to the perfect will 
of God. Abundance is God's portion for you. Do you have the faith to give up the earthly things, to give up the temporary things, so that you can receive abundance? Living by faith. Now, I want you to go to Mark chapter 10, and I want to read something beautiful to you. Mark chapter 10 and verse 29 to 30. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's sake. Right? For my sake and the gospel who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. I will read it again. Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now. I want you to type now in the chats right now. Come on. Begin to type now because there's something about the word now. It's powerful. He says, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution. And in the age to come, eternal life. So he's not talking about eternal life now. He's talking about people who have given up things. They have given up things and for the kingdom of God. He's saying, listen, these people have given up their mother and the father and the children and the, all the lands and the money and the possessions for my sake and the gospel's sake. What is the gospel? The gospel, the good news of the kingdom. We must understand when Jesus is saying, give it up. He's not saying don't have any relationship with them. He's not saying that. He's, all he's saying is make my kingdom, when it comes to your family, make my kingdom a priority. Because when you do that, now you get a hundredfold, oh my gosh, you get a hundredfold of everything that you give. I don't, under, I don't know what I'm going to do with a hundredfold of my mother, a hundredfold of my father, a hundredfold of my sisters. Oh my goodness, just the three of them is more than enough. A hundredfold of them is just like, oh my goodness, there's too much of it. But, but what I'm trying to say is he's talking about the things he's addressing. He's not, say, he's not literally saying, hey, give up your mother and father. But he's saying, just make my kingdom a priority in your life. Make it the number one priority. He's not even saying, make church a number one priority. He's saying, make the kingdom a number one priority in your life. And when you do that, I will, whatever you have given up for the kingdom, whatever you have submitted in the kingdom, I will give you a hundredfold, not in heaven, not after you die, now. Amen. Now. 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 I can, I can, we can get a beat on that now and we can sing a song saying now. Because I really believe that this is the revelation. This is the shift in the paradigm that we need to understand what Jesus is saying, man. He's saying, guys, you are running after the wrong thing. You're holding on to something that should be given up. That money that you are holding on to that you think is your retirement fund, guess what? Give it up. Because God has got such abundance for you that if you surrender that wealth to Jesus for his kingdom and you make his kingdom a priority in your life, now he will add you will never need to retire in your life. You will never need to, uh, to, to work in your life because God will supply all of your needs. If he can take care of a bird who does not have a job, just imagine when you don't have a job, how he will take care of you. But you've got to make the kingdom first. It's such a powerful verse, a hundredfold. Just imagine, you have a million dollars in your bank account and you take that million dollars and you say, God, this is a huge amount of money, but I'm trusting. Oh my God, you need the gift of faith to give up a million dollars for the kingdom. 
It's your responsibility to exercise the will of God in your life for that money. And I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, especially in our church, you have, you have limited the kingdom of God to 10% of your salary. Not 100% of your salary. We have adopted legalism into our life by saying, God, you know what? 10% belongs to you. Or let's say by faith, some people who are in grace believe 20% needs to go to God. And, and they faithfully give their 10% or their 20% or their offerings to God. But I want to I tell you something. When you, before you got that job, God was the one who took care of your needs. After you got your job, in fact the job, God was the one who gave it to you. But he gave it to you, that business, he gave it to you because he expected you to know that that job and that business was for the kingdom. Not for you to buy lands and cars and all of that stuff. All that stuff is his responsibility to give you. See, a lot of you might get offended because I'm saying all your money belongs to God. But you're not getting offended when I say God will supply all of your need hundredfold according to what you give up. See, in our mind, we, we, we need faith to give up money. We need faith. The gift of faith, trust me, money is so powerful in our lives that to give it up to God and to his kingdom, I need to know where it's going. I need to know what is happening. No, it's not your, it's not your responsibility. God will hold people responsible for how they spend that money. But it's not your problem. Your faith is exercised when you hear God and you obey. When you say, God, my job is not my priority. Your kingdom is a priority. And every single dirham, every single dollar, every single rupee belongs to you. And I will do whatever you tell me to do. That's when, if you have a million dollars, it becomes a hundred million dollars. God will bring a hundred million dollars because you have, have revealed to him that you are able to steward something very small. Even if it is a million dollars. It's very small. But you've revealed to God that he comes first. His kingdom comes first. His church comes first. Yes, his kingdom comes first. We have to come into this place where we, this paradigm shift has to take place. Otherwise, God is not your God. Money is your God. Possessions are your God. Possessions have possessed you. You don't possess them. They possess you. Because they change your behavior when it comes to church, when it comes to God, when it comes to giving. It changes your behavior. It rattles your cage. It causes you to be, what's going to happen tomorrow? That's exactly what he's trying to teach us. Submit your tomorrow and don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be distracted by tomorrow or the lack that you have. Be attracted to his perfect will for your life. Now, in Hebrews 11, we see <clears throat> that Hebrews 11 is a, is a chapter of the, of the great, are people who have operated in great faith. If you read very, if you read Hebrews 11 with the lens that I'm showing, teaching you now, you will see that none of these guys wanted anything for themselves. None of these guys actually, they had needs, they had desires, they had wants, but they chose to leave all of that and only obey the will of God. Oh my gosh, what faith! To not obey themselves, not, not run after their own desires. That's why they're in the hall of fame. Hall of faith. <laughs> hall of fame. <laughs> hall of faith. I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna show you just a couple of them in Hebrews chapter 11. We see the first one that God really, uh, the God really talks about here. He begins to talk about by faith, right? Abel offered to God, this is in verse 4, by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. 
Wow. Then Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Oh my God. Hold on. This is a, a, a mic drop moment right now. This is pre-cross. This is just after the, the fall of man. Comes to God with a more excellent offering. And his offering testified of his righteousness. Oh my God, the last time when you went to church and you actually put an offering in, in the box, you actually tied into, into, into off. Did your offering testify of your righteousness? Whoo! Or did your offering testify of your poverty mindset? Did your offering of your gifts, your talents, your, your service, your time to church, your time to the kingdom of God, did it testify of your righteousness or did it testify of the poverty in your mind, of self in your mind? See, Abel offered to God an excellent sacrifice. Wow. And then he goes on to say, God testifying of his gifts... And through it being dead, he still speaks. Come on, man. Just imagine. Just imagine what has happened. The guy is murdered. But because he offered an excellent sacrifice to God, the sacrifice testifies of his righteousness and his voice still speaks. Wow, what a blessing. His voice still speaks. After all these years, his voice is still speaking. Can you imagine? His life was cut out, but he could not cut out his voice. Why? It's because of his offering to God. So can you imagine your offering, every opportunity that you get to give into the kingdom of God, does it testify of your righteousness? Does it speak? Of your righteousness. Does God come to you and say, hold on a minute, man, you know, Murli, that guy, when he gives, I stand up in heaven and I watch. Name yourself. Put yourself in this place. I just use Murli. Just say John or say your name and say, does God, do you God, get God's attention when you give an offering? Or does the law get attention when you give an offering. Oh. When you say, okay, I'm going to give my tithe now, I'm going to give my 10% to God, you're getting the attention of the law. But in righteousness, do you give and get God's attention where God begins to testify of your offering? I know a lot of people are cringing right now, but that's actually good. It's a good thing. I'm reminded of the story in the Gospels where this woman comes to Jesus with an alabaster box uh, with perfume in it. And the, and, the, and the long story short is that she comes and she sits at the feet of Jesus and she breaks open that alabaster box. She breaks open that alabaster box and she pours it over Jesus. And the, and the, and the guys there were like, hey, listen, this, is, this perfume is actually expensive, number one. And secondly, it's for her husband. What is she giving to you? Come on, come on. You must understand. She chose in that moment not to prioritize her husband and her future, but she chose to prioritize Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. Come on, that is powerful. She, she poured it on Jesus to prepare him for his death. It was a kingdom purpose. And so when she did that, Jesus testifies of her and says, every time the gospel is preached, she will be remembered. What a testimony to have. Just imagine now, she's in heaven with Jesus and there are millions of people, billions of people around the world who are preaching the gospel of the good news of the kingdom. Every time she is spoken, every time the gospel is spoken of, she is remembered in heaven. She's remembered on the earth. What an inheritance to have. The woman who gave an offering to God. Now put yourself in that place. Do you prioritize the kingdom or do you prioritize yourself? Do you prioritize the kingdom or do you prioritize your future? Do you, are you so worried about your future that you'd have no faith for the kingdom? This is the challenge that we've had. We've been so caught up in a legal, legal system, the system of the law, that we have a 10% of self-righteousness 
Because we gave our tithe. Ooh, listen, I'm, I'm good with God right now. I gave my 10%. Oh, oof. Ladies and gentlemen, the new covenant is completely different. The new covenant, you exist for the kingdom. Forget about your job. Forget about your cars and, your, and the money in your bank account. You exist primarily for kingdom expansion. Everything that is added to you is for the kingdom. You have to shift it in your mind. You, you have to get that shift. Why? It's because God, we're living a meager life compared to what God wants to give us. We're settling for less because it is in our control. Whew. In chapter 11 and verse 8, it says this, By faith, Abraham obeyed. Stop. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Abraham needed the gift of faith to obey God when God said, Hey, listen, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave all these things and I want you to go. Where do I go? Just go. But what about tomorrow? Just go. But what about my son? Just go. I've got, I've got a land for you. Just go. Oh, where am I going? Just go and I will give you direction. Just imagine if you were to live that life today. I mean, Abraham is, is a, he's a, he's a patriarch of, of, of our faith. But you must imagine that guy is a, he chose wandering in the wilderness, right? Compared to the comfort and the security of where he lived. I want, to, I want us to read on. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place. Ha, now, this is where it's getting awesome. Which he would receive as an inheritance. I want you to say this to yourself. I am going to the place that I will receive as an inheritance. The place is the kingdom. The kingdom is my inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. God said, Abraham, I want you to go to the place. God, where's the place? Do we have a GPS? Is it Google Maps? Is there Apple Maps? Is there any maps? Is there any kind of direction? Is there a tree? Is there a prophetic word? Is there a word of knowledge? Anything for me to get some sense of what you're doing? No, you just go to the place. Okay, who are you again? I'm God. Okay, all right. I, I guess I, I can hear your voice. But what do I tell these people? Just tell them God spoke to me. But they don't know who God is. How do I tell my family? Yeah, Abraham, leave your family. There's a king. This is about the kingdom. It's not about your family. It's about your kingdom now. It's about God's kingdom. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose you. I'm going to favor you. I'm gonna, he, create, he makes a covenant with Abraham. And Abraham's like, okay, cool. Since you know what you're doing, I'm just going to blindly follow you. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do it. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Verse 9. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. The heirs with him of the same promise. Which means Abraham didn't really fully inherit the promise. He wanted, God said, I've got a place for you in mind. He gave him a promise. The promise is the place. The promise is the kingdom. And he says, hey, listen, I've got, a, I've got a promise for you and I've got an inheritance for you. It is not like what you think it is. And Abraham, now in verse, nine, in verse 10, he says, For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Ladies and gentlemen, the promise, God promised Abraham the kingdom. This is in simple language now. He promised him the kingdom, a city that is set on a hill. 
Every single man, woman and child who is brought into the kingdom, it was Abraham's promise. And that promise is given to you and I in the gospel. That God has called you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. It's amazing how Abraham has a desire. He's like, God, you're telling me that you're going to give me descendants as the stars in the sky and grains of sand on the earth. I don't even have a son. But Abraham's like, yeah. God's like, yeah, go. Just go. Go to the land. And eventually he has a son. And even that son, God says to him, make my, make my voice, make my will a priority in, in your life. He, and, and Abraham literally offers up goes to the place where he offers his son to God and he's just about to to sacrifice him when God provides another sacrifice. He provides a ram. I mean, you must understand how amazing this God is. When you choose to give up something, when you choose to surrender something to the kingdom of God, God has already made the provision for you. It's just the act. He wants you to step into a place of faith where you live by faith in his word, not faith in your possessions, not faith in your things, not faith in you. I want to make sure that I have enough provision for the next one month. No, no, no. In the kingdom of God is give up those provisions. Allow, have joy when it is plundered. Have joy when you you give it into the kingdom of God. Paul says, hey, when you're a giver, be a cheerful giver. Why? It's like, hey, because I'm, it's going minus in my pocket, but somehow joy seems to be increasing in my life. I love it when we give. I love it. You should fall in love with giving. You should celebrate when you give. And so here we see that the place, the promised land is the kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, when we live by faith, we are choosing to inherit the kingdom. The kingdom is what we need to manifest abundance in our life. You don't need a job to manifest abundance. You don't need a business to manifest abundance. You need the kingdom to manifest abundance in your life. So this week, I believe I know this word is challenging for some of us. I know it is, some of us are like, oh, I wish I didn't watch the sermon today. Oh, dude, man. But I'm telling you, this is a lifesaver. This, if you choose to come out of your love for materialistic things, worrying about tomorrow, exercising the gift of faith to provide and heal and do all these things. If you can come out of that mindset to saying, God, you've given me a gift of faith so that I can use this gift to manifest your will, your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, I know that all my needs will be met according to the riches of your glory in Christ Jesus. Once again, thank you so much for spending your Friday with us. Thank you so much for giving us your time. And thank you so much for having an understanding heart for the word in this season. We love you, Kelsey and I. Find it a great privilege and an honor to serve you as pastors. What a, what a, what a privilege it is for us to, to carry this gospel message that, that came from the mouth of Jesus. We're just vessels that are honoring him. And so what a privilege it is for us to serve you. We love you and we believe that your future is greater than your past. Love you. God bless. See you next week.